Welcome to MMC Radio, brought to you by Maine Medical Center, Maine's leader in patient care, education, and research, all centered around you. Here is our host, Melanie Cole. Human papillomavirus is a common virus that spread through sexual contact, and there is a vaccine for it now that we're giving our children in their teenage years. My guest today is Dr. Stephanie Joy. She's board-certified pediatrician with Maine Medical Partners, South Portland Pediatrics. Welcome to the show, Dr. Joy. Tell us a little bit about HPV, first the disease, and how it's contacted. Um, Thanks for having me. Yes, HPV... Um, a lot of people might not have heard of it, but it's very, very common. So it stands for human papillomavirus. I tell people it's like the warts you get on your hands, except you get the, this type of wart in different body parts, in your mouth, on your genitals. Um, it's very, very common. About 75 to 80% of adults have antibodies to HPV, meaning they've been infected at some point in their lifetime. Uh, most people get infected first as younger, you know, uh, older teenagers, younger adults. Um, And just like warts on your hands, you get infected with these warts, and over 6 to 18 months, oftentimes your body realizes they're there, mounts an immune response, and you fight it off, except sometimes you don't. Um, And if you get infected with certain strains, those are the strains that go on to cause cancer. So that's why we care about HPV. And which cancers are caused by HPV? Well, people call Gardasil, which is the vaccine for HPV, people call it a cervical cancer vaccine, which is true. So 100%, almost 100% of cervical cancer is caused by HPV. If you've ever had an abnormal pap smear, that's HPV. Um, so, so it's cervical cancer, but also there's increasing awareness. Uh, most anal cancer is caused by HPV, penile cancer, uh, a lot of throat cancers, head and neck cancers, vaginal cancers, they're all caused by HPV. So tell us about the HPV vaccine. Who can get it? We're giving it to both our boys and our girls now? That's right. Initially, it was um, kind of designed and approved in girls, uh, but now we offer it to boys and girls. It's actually approved for ages 9 to 26. Uh, American Academy of Pediatrics, um, CDC, and the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices recommend giving it starting at 11. And it's a three-dose series, so... Um, You start at 11, you get one dose, and then one month later you get the second dose, and six months later you get the third dose. How safe is this vaccine? It is safe. We have been given this vaccine in this country uh, since 2006. We've given over 60 million doses. And in terms of side effects that have shaken out, the only thing that, that has really shaken out in terms of increased side effects with this vaccine versus other vaccines is uh, that there's some increased fainting. I've never seen anybody faint from this vaccine. I've seen people faint from other vaccines, but that's the only thing uh, that has really kind of stood up over time. So oftentimes we'll watch kids for 15 minutes after getting the vaccine. If you are over the age of, what, 20-something, then you cannot get the vaccine anymore. Well, so, right, and that's something that I don't see people over 26, so it's it's um, approved for ages 9 to 26. So over 26, when I don't see people anymore, um, it's it's found to be less effective, um, and I think it, it's less effective immunologically, and it's less cost-effective, and part of that is because most people are already infected at that age, um, so getting the vaccine... Um, once you've been infected, is less helpful, although there are over 100 different serotypes of, of HPV. The vaccine we have now protects you against nine. Two, the two most common that cause cancer, the two most common in general, and then five others. Um, so if you're infected with 
a type that isn't a cancer-causing one at age 17, it's still worth it to get the vaccine because we really want people protected against cancer. So I've heard of of older people who, um, say, at age 30, were in a relationship and got a divorce and wanted to get Gardasil to be protected against the other types. I think a lot of it is that insurance doesn't cover it after a certain age. Dr. Joy, when, when we give our children vaccine, we tell them what vaccine we're getting, that they are getting. If we're right. giving them the HPV vaccine, does that open up a discussion about sexual health and protection? Does it make them more likely to think about things involving sex? That is a great question, and it is. Uh, we are not very great at, at giving this vaccine. Um, overall, so in 2014, only um, 40% of girls age 13 to 17 had completed all three doses. Only 22% of boys in that age range had completed all three doses. And uh, I, I get more pushback for this vaccine than any other vaccine. And I think part of it is that it's sexually transmitted and, and that we offer it at 11. People don't want to talk to their 11-year-old in detail about sexual activity. People don't want to think about their 11-year-old being sexually active. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of resistance. And, and it sometimes um, when we start talking about it, and I'm pretty upfront, you know, when I say this protects against um, genital warts, you know, everyone's eyes kind of get a little bit bigger. Because I think at 11, people are not ready to do this. But, you know, the, you want people to be vaccinated before they're ever exposed. Um, you know, you don't wait till you step on a rusty nail to think, oh, I never had a tetanus shot. You know, this is the time to do it. You know, we want kids to get vaccinated before they're exposed. You mount a much stronger immune response at that age than you do when you're older. Um, so it, it does open up a little bit of, of a conversation, which I think is not a bad thing. Um, I think some of the details kids at 11 aren't ready um, to hear and to learn about. But I, I think it's important to to keep an open mind because I have seen kids who are not that much older than that who are sexually active. So um, it, it is a bit the biggest reason for um, people when I talk to them about not getting the vaccine is that they don't want to, you know, they think their kids aren't at risk. But I also see moms of 17-year-olds who think their kids aren't at risk. If we've given our girls this vaccination, do they then have to have pap smears as they get older? Or if they have been vaccinated against HPV, they don't have to have a pap smear anymore? That is also a great question. And that that one, I'm not, I might have to defer to the gynecologist out there. Um, but I do know that the pap smear guidelines have changed and it's all because of HPV. So we used to say everyone needed a pap smear within um, three years of the onset of sexual activity or by age 18. And they were picking up so much HPV and people were getting so many procedures that they didn't need. Uh, the new guidelines are pap start at 21. And if you've had a number of normals, then you can kind of go to pelvic exams. And I think that's a, a current change, too, is, is pelvic exams. So that's a good question. I think our immunization rates are not high enough that they'll back, back away from pap smears for a long time. Um, and currently, the recommendations are if you're over 26, the best thing you can do is get pap smears. But it seems a little bit like closing the barn door after the horse is out. You know, you, you want to get the vaccine before you have to rely on pap smears because the, nothing's perfect. And, and a lot of people don't voluntarily go for pap smears at age 21, 25. Um, and, and even pap smears, even when they're done by people who are very good, nothing is perfect. So I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see it as if we can get immunization rates up if that changes the recommendations for pap smears. They have changed a bit, but no one's, no one's saying no pap smears yet. So this vaccine is recommended at, at that early age, you said, as young as nine oh, years wow. old. So yeah. we're discussing this with our children 
But why? Is it more, does it work better if it's given to them at a certain age? Yes. Yes, definitely. 11 to 15 is when kids mount the strongest response. Um, older, older than 15, they, they still mount a response, but it's not as strong. So I think part of it is we, we're giving kids other vaccines at 11. We give them a tetanus booster and a meningitis vaccine. So we do kind of all of them at the same time as the adolescent vaccines. And uh, a big part of it is the immune response. And that's also part of why after 26, it, it doesn't work as well. Does someone have to restart the HPV vaccine if too much time passes between those three shots? No, and that's, I meant to say that when we talked about the three doses, you don't. So I see kids all the time who only come in once a year, and they'll get one dose at 11, one at 12, one at 13. You don't have to start over. That's really good information. And in just the last couple of minutes here, Dr. Joyce, sum it up for us. Speak about the HPV vaccine for boys and for girls and why it's so important and what you tell parents about this important vaccination and why they should come to Maine Medical Center for their care. The most important thing to me is, um, you know, people, people talk of this as a cancer vaccine, and it's true. If, if everybody was vaccinated against uh, HPV, it's reasonable to expect that we would have almost zero cervical cancer, which is, a, which is huge. Cervical cancer, um, we had, there were 12,000 new cases in the United States in 2012. 4,000 people died in 2012. And worldwide, there's five, there were 528,000 new cases and 266,000 deaths from just cervical cancer in 2012 worldwide. And those can all be prevented by a vaccine. Um, and, and the prevalence, the other thing that I always think about is the prevalence of HPV. This is not rare. The likelihood that you will be infected with HPV in your lifetime, unless you have a partner who's never, ever been with anybody else and you've never been with anybody else, the likelihood that you're going to get infected is very high. So, so those two things together, very high um, rate of infection and, and a difficult cancer to treat is, is the best reason, and it's safe, and it works. Um, we don't have a lot of long-term data to say in 50 years how much cervical cancer will we see, but the short-term data is very promising that we're seeing less rates of infection. Um, so I, I think that's the most important thing, and that's what I talk to parents about is, is we know it works, we know it's safe, uh, we know this is an important vaccine, and you can prevent cancer. And it's not even cervical cancer. It's all the other types of cancers, head and neck cancer, anal cancer, penile cancer. It's, it's definitely something that... Um, you know, I think taking aside the mode of transmission, uh, then, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer that it's an important vaccine. Thank you so much. It's such important information. You're listening to MMC Radio. For more information, you can go to mainmedicalcenter.org. That's mainmedicalcenter.org, mmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening. 